What's up, everyone? Glad you could join us for another episode of Core 4 Life. We're your hosts, Ryan, Mike, Matt, and Andrew. We provide content aimed at four key pillars in our lives. Be fit, be driven, be noble, and be chill, with our faith as the foundation. We're talking to some awesome guests along the way, as well as tackling different topics, all in the pursuit of staying accountable with each other and living our lives the way God intended. Please subscribe and review the podcast if it's been impactful for you in any way, and follow us on social media to find out if there may be something missing in your life. Let's jump into today's episode after a quick ad for our sponsor. Dan Bleschmid, and he uh, actually just went overseas to help with Samaritan's Purse. Uh, we've known him for a long time. He's been on mission with me. We went to Costa Rica together and uh, formed some bonds there, and we're really just excited to hear more of your story, Dan, hear more of how God put a calling on your heart and how you listened. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for joining us. We're enjoying some Arnold Palmer's tonight, a little uh, half lemonade, half iced tea. Um, good choice. Good, good choice, choice for a beverage, so a very refreshing. Thanks for thanks for choosing that. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, can you just give us a little background on yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I Let's see. Let's just start with the uh, fact that um, I'm, I'm married. I have four kids, and uh, we've been married actually this year will be 30 years wow. in October. Congratulations. Nice. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of excited about that. Um, four kids, ages right now, 20, 20 to 26. We have uh, 26-year-old twins and a 24-year-old and a 20-year-old. Um, and I was, yeah, I was kind of raised in a church. I was actually one of these one of these guys. I'm very blessed with awesome parents, um, kind of a different background. My, my dad was Catholic. My mom was Methodist. So I got to go to church twice Sunday, <laughs> well, <laughs> 10, o'clock, right. 10 o'clock Methodist church. And on and 12, Wednesday, right? <laughs> 12 o'clock mass every, every Sunday when I was a little kid. Um, and then we ended up and ended up at the, at the Protestant church for, for our, the rest of the time. And, and yeah, and I started going on mission trips uh, when I was, I think, I think when I was 15 was the first one. And we uh, went to a place called Johns Island, South Carolina, serving the, the Gullah culture um, in the Sea Islands out, outside of uh, Charleston. And that was just an amazing experience for me. And it kind of, kind of very much changed the trajectory of my life because ever since then, um, with the exception of probably like five or six years, I've gone on a summer mission trip. That's um, every every year forever so I've probably had like I don't even know we've lost track like 35 wow. um, and we've done we've done a, done a lot of that um, with the support of my wife she um, she she joined me after we got married and um, started coming on the trips with us and um, we, we took the kids yeah. like it, we always went someplace where the whole family could come not like teenagers and um, yeah yes yeah. You'd always done kind of domestic missions, right? Growing yeah. up, yeah. and the trip with me in Costa Rica—that was your first time internationally. It was. You talk about that a little bit, like what that kind of did in your mission life. Sure, um, that was fantastic. Um, we 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 went and served. I think I think you've taught you've had guests on before that talked about Robledo. It's a children's home, 
and yeah, that was actually our our 25th day anniversary when we I, were I there. Remember that. <laughs> it was, that was part of our uh, one of that was the way we celebrated. <laughs> kind of our, our weird family tradition. Hey, That's some our, people go to so. an all-inclusive Mexico resort. <laughs> and you guys go to Robialto for a mission trip. That's I, I'd say that's a that's a win right some there. Some people do summer mission tri- summer vacations <laughs> and we go on trips. My my kids have gone since they were infants. So nice. um but yeah, no Robialto was uh was was beautiful and amazing. That you know, that's a very special place. It it just serving the kids that way. Um I don't know what else to say about that. It's yeah. just, it was awesome. It was great to, to be able to, to, to serve in that way and actually finally fulfill. I've always had a calling to do international missions. Um, you know, our, our old, old church that I used to go to, um, a couple people got to go to Africa and I was, I had little, little kids at the time and there was just no way I was going to get away. And so, um, I, I was, I was kind of disappointed that I didn't get to do that. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've always wanted to do that. And so really Alto was, kind of yeah helpful and fulfilling that <laughs> filling that dream <laughs> that's so. cool how would you like how would you describe like feeling that calling like that god has been calling you on missions since you were 15 that's kind of hard to kind of <laughs> hard to describe it's one of those things like he he called and said yes i've kind of always been that kind of person when when I'm, when when i feel like i something that i need to do i'm i'm gonna do it um so the, impre- the trip to Ukraine and Samaritan's Purse is a whole other, that's like a legit flat out calling. I mean, I've always been driven to serve in missions, um, like I said, my whole life. Um, but the, the, the calling to Samaritan's Purse was, was a, a different story we can talk about later. So. Yeah. Why don't, you, why don't you talk about that then? Like, tell us how kind of that got started. So I had just completed a program called CLC. Um, it's kind of a two year, uh, commitment with a bunch of dudes that was kind of a life transforming kind of, uh, it's got Bible study and accountability group and friendship building and uh, a lot of education and reading. And at the end of that, the last part of that is about really getting out there and serving and, you know, impacting the community and impacting the world. And one of the books that we read um, was uh, it's called Radical by David Platt, mm. and that that book was like kind of a gut punch, and <laughs> and you got to be careful with that one. I know, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a, it was a pr- pretty pretty wild pretty pretty wild feeling, and um, so I was definitely feeling called to do something more, something more, and serve internationally, not, lo- not, not locally. I mean, we, we serve at the Haven in Portage County and I serve at the church and, um, but it, I, I really was called to, you know, participate in going to make disciples of all nations. And that was just something that I couldn't sleep. I had to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and so finished that, finished that book and started a men's Bible study called uh by tony evans called no excuses at right on the end of that (laughs) radical followed (laughs) by no excuses radical (laughs) followed by no excuses and there was some sermon by rick in there by our pastor in there and i i don't even remember what it's about but i just remember that i swear he was staring straight at me during that during that sermon and it was 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 all about like 
do it. It's probably called No Excuses, You Radical Christian. Yeah, I think something, like, <laughs> something like that. So, and then right then, right at that time, you guys had a guy by, had, a, had a guest on that was, um, his name's Brock, Brock Kreitzberg, and he needs, you know, an Olympic bobsledder, a cool series talking about Summit Missions International, which is a, a, a local uh, international missions group. And so in my brain, I thought, cool, I can go serve in Cuyahoga Falls <laughs> at this, you know, ministry. And maybe someday I'll get to travel to wherever it is that Summit Mission serves. So that's when I contacted Ryan here and said, hey, can I have this guy's number? I'd love to talk to him about serving there. And he did. And so me and uh, Brock met up for lunch. And the conversation was really interesting because, you know, he was telling me a little bit more about his story. And soon I, I didn't know anything about Samaritan's Purse, never even heard of it before talking to him. And he... Uh, he started asking me questions like about my job. I'm a, I'm a healthcare administrator at Cleveland Clinic Children's and really started asking me a lot of job questions. And I thought, this is a little odd. <laughs> <laughs> Am I being interviewed? <laughs> yeah, I started to feeling very interviewish. And, but then he finally, you know, kind of disclosed that he used to be kind of an executive there or a manager there of some kind and kind of was in, in the organization and served. At, in the DART program, which is the Disaster Assistance Response Team program, and kind of told me all about it. And I'm combine all those things together, and I was like, kind of starting to feel like this is a conspiracy. <laughs> God is like seriously moving and moving to kind of make this happen. So, because um, then I was able to use you know talents that I have from from work and serve God out there in the community. So or out there in the world, and so I was kind of excited about it. Yeah. At the same time, my worldly self was kind of saying, well, this is silly. There's <laughs> no way that I'm going to be able to do this. I have responsibilities, and I have a job. <laughs> Family, a job. Family, job. Um, and, but it all worked out. God, God just made a way. He started clearing away every obstacle. So I started making excuses. This can't happen. Um, so I'm just going to, thanks, Brock. <laughs> kind of had this sarcastic like thanks so much Brock uh, I'll, tell me about your thing and I'll go serve you in mm -hmm. in uh, Takaga Falls and but I did I did check it out on the website and once I started actually reading about Samaritan's Person the work that they were doing that was like I, I, I don't even know how to describe it that was like a legit calling at that point like I couldn't sleep yeah um, there was no there was no getting around that I had to to do this yeah. um, and um, so making excuses like my, my job my boss is never going to go for it my wife's never going to go for it my family's going to freak out <laughs> and, and and one by one like every every single potential obstacle that that was in the way was kind of just wiped away I used to describe it as like <laughs> God just like parted the waters somehow <laughs> um, my 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 boss, my boss was the first person actually I talked to about it after I interviewed for the job and I actually got it, which was a complete shock. <laughs> I actually accepted that job on a paddleboard in the middle of a lake camping. <laughs> I saw a phone call from Boone, North Carolina pop up on the phone and I answered it and that's where I accepted the job. It was pretty funny. So, um, and, uh, so anyway, I talked to my boss and, 
And he's like, I thought for sure he was like, there's no way we can like not have you around for a a whole month at a time, let alone more, you know, annually, not just, (laughs) not just once. And he was just so supportive. Like it was incredible. He was like motivated and encouraging, believe it or not. And then I thought, I don't have enough vacation time. There's no way I'm going to do this. And I, I, I actually learned that on my last previous anniversary, I had started, they increased my vacation time (laughs) by exactly the amount of time that I would need to combine with what I already had to make a month without and still be able to do my annual mission trip that's local in in Ohio um, and, and have a week with my family separately. So it was pretty cool. That's incredible. But it was just that amount. And then, so I'm like, all right, talk to my wife. And I thought for sure that was going to be a difficult conversation. And man, I just love her heart. She, her first response was, I don't think I can get off that much time. Like she wanted to come with me, (laughs) (laughs) which was so cool to hear. And then finally I had already thought through that, that that was probably going to be very difficult for both of us to go. And, um, and then she, she finally realized like, Oh, you're going to go without me. And then, but she was still so supportive. It was, it was really cool, which, you know, I said, okay, so my boss was supposed to say, no, I'm yeah. not supposed to have enough time and you're <laughs> supposed to say no. <laughs> and so, like I said, like every, everything was just kind of wiped away and it just, this path opened up. And so I accepted the job and, and kind of yeah, on my way. History. That's put awesome. myself on the got myself on the roster and then just waited for the call wow no no um, yeah and then ukraine happened <laughs> yeah so yeah that actually was happening during all of that during so all, yeah. um in the middle of all of that in fact part of the interview questions have you guys ever been interviewed by a christian organization before by the way no, no it was not. so cool it was yeah. it was a great it was a great experience. It was terrifying, but it was a great experience. <laughs> like the first, it was one of these recorded videos. And one of the f- first question right off the block was, tell us your faith story. <laughs> and then they asked me, then the, the next question was something about, and I got through that. And the next question was something about my job and my experience as a health administrator in medical operations and logistics, which is kind of what I do for them. And the next third question was, Okay, I, I, I have decided to give my life to Christ. How would you handle that conversation with me? Wow. <laughs> so I literally had to have this conversation, and they had just shown this tearjerker video of this, this child um, who was suffering in um, one, of the, one of the African countries. And I, as I'm sharing this story, on a video. I wasn't even talking to a real person. I start crying on the video. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was kind of kind of interesting. I, th- I think that might have sold it. They're, they're like, this, this, guy, this guy gets it. He, he's in. <laughs> so, but, uh, so, but it was, anyway, it was, a, it was kind of a cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. How, how long between like when you talked to Brock and, and when you got started, like your first deployment mission what do, what do they call it yeah so it's they call it deployment um and they uh, uh i i went on the roster pretty much right away which means you're on call basically to, to go on call they do let you kind of choose when you are available and they encourage you to be available as often as possible and uh 
so I was thought I would be called in the summer and not called. And after I went through orientation and everything, and so it got to be through the fall. I thought August, okay, I'm free then, no call. And I'm at this point, I'm like six months later. I'm like, God, you made this path for me. <laughs> Why? Why are we waiting? It made you sit in it for a little while. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. Then, then in October, they called me and said, "Hey, we need you to go to Ukraine." And I had that conversation about it was about four. 4.30, I'll never forget, 4.30 on my way. I had just gotten in the car to come home. I was leaving early for some reason. And, um, yeah, they, they called me on the car on the way home. And my first call was to my wife yeah. and then to my boss. And I had literally about 40, 42 hours, something like that, before uh, it was wheels up on the plane. So yeah, And your, <laughs> and your <laughs> wife was leaving for Costa Rica the day after, right? She was leaving. <laughs> I, that was like on, a, I think, a Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. I think it was a Wednesday, and she was leaving on, what, Friday or Saturday? Sat Saturday morning, yep, bright and early. So, yep. That's so crazy. That was pretty wild. Can you explain, like you mentioned you're on the DART team, right? Mm -hmm. Can you explain what that is and what, you, what that team does? Sure. So that's called Disaster Assistance Response Team. By the way, I'm supposed to say at some point on this thing that I, whatever I say about Samaritan's Purse, I'm not speaking on their behalf as an official representative. But yeah, thank <laughs> you. Duly noted. Yeah. Um, we'll put, we'll I'm, put that a disclaimer. Certainly, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Um, so, but, um, so the DAS, Disaster Assistance Response Team literally is a group of people who have kind of signed up to be able to go at a moment's notice into, like, like a firefighter. We run toward the fire, which is um, wherever there's a disaster, whatever the cause, whether it's man-made or natural disaster, if there are like a larger number of people involved in either refugees or illnesses, um, they'll call a team together and go. And they do all kinds of work. Like the work, the, the group that I work with is more of a medical response. Um, so they do field hospitals. But they also do a lot of other cool programs, like they have the WASH program, which is the water and sanitation program, where they're drilling wells and delivering water to people. They have a food program. They have a building program where they'll rebuild homes. Um, you may have seen a lot of that, like in the States, when the States, believe it or not, has a lot of the building hmm. um, programs because of all the hurricanes oh, that hit yeah. the United States. Um, but... Uh, they have they have a ton of programs, and then they also have the Operation Christmas Child program, which is uh, which is a group of uh, where they they deliver these shoe boxes. Oh yeah, I think, I think we the, filled the shoe box yeah, ones. Before. Yeah, yeah all over the world. In fact, this year it's pretty cool. They delivered their two hundred millionth shoe box. Wow. wow! And with each of those shoe box comes a comes a, a message uh, of the gospel and an opportunity to participate in like this like six week long class group class mm. for kids and parents to to learn about god and it's pretty awesome like some 60 percent of the people actually go through participate in the classes 60 percent of those 200 yeah. million so, yeah so just wow just think That's about incredible. how many people even if a small percentage of those people came to know christ because of that yeah it's like that's incredible. Thousands of people. So it's a pretty awesome. incredible program. And it's also it's also kind of the backbone of the rest of the program. So like anytime we need to go into a country, they're serving in over 100 countries around the world right now. And anytime we go into a country, with, whether we're putting up a field hospital or a wash program, 
there's usually a partner church that we're working with mm. and they're partners because of operation christmas child so yeah and so how long were you were you there for in ukraine so yeah so i left in october and i was there for a month for so, one month and yeah, what specifically were was your role while you were there um i was i was serving uh my technical title as a technical advisor but i think that's just a a title <laughs> um my my role is in logistics and there's a whole bunch of logistics there's medlocks there's several logistics roles and the one that they needed at that time was um in in travel logistics and actually I was, so i was doing a lot with travel and and visas because people that stay there for a long time which a lot of people just do this for a living believe it or not these, not these are people working month. working for samaritan's purse you were helping yeah. them kind of get in country and where yeah. they need to and be and they mm-hmm. actually set up offices in some of these countries that are long term and people move their families there and kind of they take jobs as employees to work there and so they need help with their visas and stuff so i was actually doing a lot of the same kind of stuff that i do at my current job so i do administrative stuff at cleveland clinic children's my little piece to help serve those kiddos and so I was doing the same thing there, kind of in an office setting to help um, help serve the people that were hurting on the front lines. Yeah. So, yep. No, that's awesome to be able to utilize what God has called you to do for your profession to serve your family to now serve uh, yeah. a country yeah. in that in that kind of way. You know, it's I think when a lot of people think of of a mission to Ukraine, we were talking about that earlier. You're thinking about all right, well. You're getting down into the to the mm-hmm. city into the ground level but there's so much else that goes into serving what's actually happening there and to be able to use your skills to do that is, yeah. is something that's that's cool to see yeah there's there's so much that goes into it people think you just go and you know hand out hand out food but there's there's a whole infrastructure behind it there's security to protect the people there's there's the whole aviation program to get the supplies there mm-hmm. there's um, a whole ground transportation thing is there's no flying in Ukraine right now. No. <laughs> um, so there's there's a lot of logistics that go into even just getting the supplies and the people and out to where they need to be to serve the people. Yeah. So, yep. We mentioned a lot of the ro- Well, when you and I met, a lot of the roads were not in the best shape, right? Because they were shelled and yeah. destroyed. So I imagine that's part of it, too, is planning those routes, making sure people get the supplies that they need. So yep. that's, that's huge. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Cool. Um, can you can you tell us a little bit about, um, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've got some t- driving testing going on outside yeah, our gonna, studio. We're right gonna make the mention. <laughs> it's it's not a it's not a podcast here at Core Four Life without some police cars just going after it <laughs> out behind us. So I'm not even gonna apologize for it. It's just part of the episode. Yeah, now. You, you'll hear some screeching. Yeah. You'll hear some, hear some engines revving. It's all just part of the ambiance. That's great. But, yeah. <laughs> but can you can you describe your time in Ukraine and kind of working with the other people in Samaritan's Purse? I know you had some pretty cool experiences with the people who were like some people who were local or people who were coming from around the world just to, to serve in that way. Can you talk through some of those experiences? Yeah, that, that, that was fantastic. It is kind of neat to have now friends from Texas, from Australia, from Colombia, from Germany, from Scotland, um, literally all of them, North Carolina. Like it, it's, it's pretty neat. These people come from literally all over the world. We have people from, um, England, um, and the, 
to, to serve there. And, it, and you really do get a, a good, um, good appreciation of all the different cultures. And it's really cool to see how we're all kind of united in the service that we're doing. We're united in our belief in Christ. We started every single morning there with a devotion time that was like 20 minutes long um, every, every day. That was like without fail. Um, and so, yeah, no, it was, it was great having, having the whole, all, all those different people come together. Yeah. It's cool seeing, I guess, the, the differences in the body of Christ and being able to celebrate that regardless, like you're in it together. You're in this country that's maybe foreign to everybody Mm -hmm. in this situation. That's probably a little scary, right? like probably a little more, more than a little scary. Uh, and like just being united in the fact that you're all believers that you're all walking with Christ. So, and and the, you know, obviously we worked with a lot of people from Ukraine itself. So they, and that, that is a, an amazing group of people. Um, just so resilient, so faithful, um, and really, really very strong considering everything that they've gone through. We, we ran into people. I mean, one of the drivers we worked with, his family was in Germany, like his, his wife and daughters and kids were there for months. Like they exited the country when the war started just for, for safety reasons and to be able to go to school, like a lot of the schools closed. So even if they were in an area that was safe, there was a lot of stuff got shut down. Um, so, so they, they were in another country. So he was, he was serving alongside of us. It was, it was, it was great to see. And even during, I guess I can share some of the, some of the tough times about the Ukrainian people, like they, they've been through so much and we were, we get freaked out when the, when this air raid sirens would go off and we're supposed to be heading for shelters. And we did, but the Ukrainian, a lot of the Ukrainian people they were, they were like often and kind of not ignored them, but yeah. <laughs> they were, they were, wa- they were watchful, but they went on with life. Did and not they were take a good the example. Suggestion. Yeah. It was, it was pretty amazing to see their strength and resilience. It was, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how much of the, you know, stuff you want to talk about. Can you talk about, um, like when there were scary times, mm-hmm. like what were they, or you don't have to give specifics, but I just want to like, know like how you, turn to God in those situations, like how you looked, looked to him to kind of maybe relieve some of the anxiety or was it tough? Was it easy? Like, can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. At first I thought it was going to be tough, especially on the ride out there. I was looking over my journal just in prepping, (laughs) prepping for this, to be honest. And, and, you know, I wrote out quite a few prayers and kind of a little bit of anxiety on the, on the bus ride. Cause we had to ride a bus ride into the city that I was staying at for, man, it was a very long bus ride. It was like eight hours or something like that. Almost eight or 10 hours or something like that. And, uh, that was a long bus ride. <laughs> it was, well, like I said, there's no air travel in, t- in the country. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we had to go by planes, literally planes, trains and automobiles. Um, but, uh, Was was the what was the question? I'm like, sorry. How did how did you how did you rely on God in those tough times, or what were the tough times that made you rely on God oh, yeah. during that? So I thought it was I thought it was going to be difficult um, coming in, but once you get there and you are submerged in a situation to where we my first my first day walking in there, they handed us a, a 
vests and helmets and stuff, which we never really actually had to use. So don't get so freaked <laughs> out about that. But it was kind of an alarm bell, and some, and then there was an air raid alert that went off. And like your first we, day that you, yeah, literally the first night that we were there, and so we had to go down to the shelter and everything. So, um, but when you, when I just remember stepping out of the hotel the first day to walk it was more over a mile to the to the office that I was working at, and. You just walk out the out of the office and you see everybody going on with their life, knowing that that alarm could go off at any second. And it's almost like I hate to say force dependence, but it was like kind of cool to just say, all right, God, you got this. And, and I I don't know how to describe that full dependence. Yeah. Um, but it was full dependence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I had purposely like sought that out from the beginning like i i said when i signed signed up for samaria's purse that i'll go wherever they want me to go i don't know where that's going to be but i'll go and so when they said ukraine <laughs> that was, that was like the in my brain like worst case scenario but i'm i'm gonna go active um, war zone yeah yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah yeah um but then stepping out of that hotel to walk down to the to the, to the office and just doing that and just the anxiety is just gone. Hmm. It was pretty awesome. To, I don't know how to how to describe it, but for it to just a piece that just surpasses all understanding, I believe is how the Bible <laughs> says it. But it was yeah. exactly like that. I don't know how else to describe it. Wow. Yeah, no, that's so. that's cool. I mean, it's something we've talked about a number of different times on mm-hmm. on the podcast because you talk about a full dependence on God, yeah. and that gives you this kind of peace that is probably something that maybe you haven't felt before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're it's easy for us here in America to be so dependent on what we can do and what we can provide because there's, we have so much, mm-hmm. you know, as, I mean, we've got good jobs and we've got good families and good friends and people that are there for us. And that's, that's great, mm-hmm. you know, but ultimately it, it gives us gives us more of a dependence on us and allows us to become stressed about little things and just from a day-to-day standpoint whereas people over there i mean they're living in a like you said a war zone Mm -hmm. and if they if they have that dependence on god they can they can fully put their trust in him that that hasn't happened in my life just in ukraine either because every single mission trip we go on we go on a summer mission trip every every summer and it's kind of there's always an episode of that. We get into a project, we start tearing apart a house or a wall, and we're like, how are we ever going to finish this in four more days? Mm-hmm. And somehow God provides. Like, we, we do have to, you give up. They're like, this is hopeless. <laughs> this place is a disaster. And somehow it gets done miraculously every <laughs> time the, the project gets finished. Um, so just just learning how to put that, put yourself. Yeah aside and let him handle it that's when things start finally coming together (laughs) i think that's that's probably hard for i think both ryan and i who are both guys who (laughs) like to have a plan we like we both (laughs) think we're pretty capable guys and we can handle anything and so just go into a situation that's like i have no idea what i'm doing and kind of giving it up to to god in that situation Mm. i mean i know that's hard for me and oh yeah something that i like to I like to always be in control of as much as I can. Oh, trust me. It's not like I like it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is like, ama- it is amazing when it, it happens. Yeah. Like it, it really, it's pretty cool. See, <laughs> I, I think 
like Mike said, in the States, in our lives where it's easy to get complacent, mm-hmm. just live your lives the way that you want to live them because it's easy to live the way that you want to live here. Right. <laughs> it's it's, right, it's right. not not so easy when you're in a war zone. It's not so easy when you're in a mm-hmm. foreign country that you know nothing about, that you're uh, freaked out about, like all these things that put you out of your com- comfort zone. Uh, but, you know, I think of like Paul and his travels and how he was, you know, he was alone. He had maybe Timothy, like he maybe traveled with somebody sometimes, but he was alone, fully relying on God. And that just, it makes me think of that situation where you're alone, like you don't know any of these people, mm-hmm. like you, you're just thrown in this other country and you get to experience that. So how do you bring that back to the States? Like, can you bring that, that feeling or any of those thoughts and uh things that inspire you to rely on god back to the states with you so it's 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 difficult to explain how in the midst of all that darkness um i mean it it was war or even on the other mission trips these are severe poverty people in severe poverty living in conditions that people in the united states should you know you wouldn't believe that they were living in Mm -hmm. and to try to explain that there is like amazing beauty behind all of that and god is coming around all these people um so i think the is really difficult um one of the one of the pastors from bga which is the billy graham evangelistic association they actually do a lot of the work to um, train new past new uh chaplains um to be in country and stay in country that are from the country um, she she said, when you go back there, just be prepared that people are going to look like it, look at you and like you have a third head. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like it was a, and, and, and that's been the case. It's been difficult to share how you go through all this dark. People want to hear about the darkness, but that this is a, this is really a story of like, you know, God's grace and amazing things happening there. Um, so the best way for me to bring it back is to kind of share some of the stories that happened that were positive that were there. Um, you know, we, we were able to meet a lot of the doctors and nurses as they came back out of the field hospital from the front lines. And they were telling us stories that without disclose, disclosing too much, uh, confidence. Um, but the, they were telling us stories of people coming to Christ that literally, these are people that have, they were like us. They were like us. They were middle class people. This is a fully developed country that that got burst into war, and suddenly their families are hiking down the street, <laughs> in with nothing, like n- nothing. No. And, um, and so, they're treating people in these hospitals, and they have every reason to be bitter and angry and mean. And here they are, like listening to the the healthcare workers that were in the field and learning about God and learning about Christ and, you know, giving their lives to Christ. The one, the one story was about a kid that had a, a severe um, war-related injury. had stepped on a landmine, and um, they, uh, he, he eventually had come, brought, come to Christ in that hospital, and then his family visiting, the whole, the whole group of them did wow. as well. And to hear that kind of story and to know that I'm like, I wasn't there talking to that kid, but like to be part of that story was pretty amazing. So you probably helped that doctor get to that location. Yeah, like, ex- exactly. <laughs> like, so it was pretty, it was a pretty amazing experience. Um, one of the other really cool stories was, um, 
we were having uh, the, the church that we went to. They, they had one English-speaking church that we knew of there. Um, it was actually in this really interesting, it was an upstairs of a dance studio that we had to enter through some back alley. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was pretty, pretty uh, kind of reminded me of this place, actually. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, this is high clean. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was pretty, uh, pretty cool, nice contemporary service, just like this, uh, uh, just like the church that we go to. And um, one Sunday, we were just about to leave. The church was the last Sunday before we left. We were about to leave, and the air raid sirens went off. And so you can't catch a cab or Uber or anything because it was about – this one was about – it was almost 10 miles away. It was the only – like I said, the only English-speaking church around. And so uh, they, we couldn't do it. So we said – we're going to have church anyway. So I, actually, I, I said, let's, let's just do it anyway. And so the hotel staff pretty much said, um, well, let, we'll set you back up in the, in the back conference room. And so we, we got all set up there. And I had done a devotional, the, one of the devotionals the previous week. It was on Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, which is like one of my favorite, favorite Bible verses. And I was able to like, give the unedited version of the devotion. Like I had to cut it down so it was short <laughs> enough. <laughs> so I actually ended up giving the message at that. And we whipped out some YouTube contemporary music and we all sang. There was probably 20 of us in the room. And man, it, I, I don't, it was just, it was beautiful. It was beautiful to see like God, you know, darkness is not going to get in the way of, of us, you know, having church. And it was kind of cool that the, that the hotel staff there actually saw that and was able to um, kind of, really appreciate um, nice. that and actually cool story the the end of that turned into a kind of a prayer session they call we all went over the room and said well what's your uh, prayer request kind of thing and they've actually continued doing that every Saturday oh really since, yeah that's, since awesome. that's that awesome yep yeah so. it's cool to hear yep. um matt what are your thoughts on that uh that story <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome so. <laughs> i just just walked into the room yeah. hey, thanks <laughs> for joining us for matt. the delay <laughs> I mean, can we start back at the beginning? To be yeah, fair. Let's, let's, <laughs> let, let's roll from the beginning. Yeah. To be fair, I don't know if anybody would notice you were gone. Oh, <laughs> ouch. Ouch. <laughs> yes, but that's well deserved. <laughs> no, that, that's amazing to hear those stories that came out of that, yep. like that dark space. Because, um, yep. I mean, that is a an area of intense darkness right now. And to think that these mini, mini stories of light and grace yeah. are like blooming in that country yep and it'll spread you know yep. and the the friendships that we developed well the while we were there i mean i still text or we actually we signal signal oh, yeah. some of the guys that that we hung out with there and it it's 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 just a neat thing to to observe and see and like i said it, the part of that hebrews verse is since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses it it actually speaks well to the the witnesses that of the Ukrainian people watching us there. Um, they um, they can really tell. They they have asked us like, "What is with you people? Oh, yeah. Like, you guys are so happy. Like, we can spot you walking down the sidewalk. We know who is you guys because they're like, you guys are happy. You guys are joyful, and they they're not not always used to that. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah. Uh that that kind of leads me to to another question you know we've talked about how 
um, you know, you, you felt, you felt God's tug, you felt God removing all these barriers. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone who's maybe feeling that call, but is putting up the barriers themselves or like, you know, maybe just keeps running into something like, what would you say to a listener who's like, man, I'd love to go over do that, go over doing that thing, but this, but this, but this, what would you say? I mean, the simple answer is just do it. <laughs> I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say that. Actually, some people at work actually said that they're like, yeah, we all hear that call, Dan. You're just the only one crazy enough to do it. <laughs> but it wasn't about that. It was just, I, I can tell you it's so worth it. Um, the peace, the, the motivation, the closeness you feel to, to Christ when you are actually walking in step with what you are sure that is your call in your life. When you're actually out there doing that, it is. We all talk. I mean, we all go through times in our lives that we drift away and or at least don't actually live exactly like we should. And times when we're super close, that's when you're the closest is when you're when you're doing in lockstep with what he wants you to do. No. So no. the best, the best I can no, describe, man. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I've heard that anxiety is caused when you're not walking in step with what your purpose is. Mm-hmm. I've heard that probably in an unchristian way. I think we have a deeper meaning of it as Christians, but yeah, like there's what anxiety do you have when you're lockstep with where God wants you to be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Good final thought, Matt. Appreciate Thanks. <laughs> Just want, trying to con- trying Lord, to contribute. Way to jump in. <laughs> <laughs> That's been uh, it's been great uh, hearing your story and what you've done with Samaritan's Purse. Do you have any final thoughts on like the Samaritan's Purse journey, your time in Ukraine? Uh, I'll ask you one more question after that. But any other thoughts to wrap up the kind of Ukraine or your time there? Um, about Ukraine, not, not a whole ton more. Okay. I could talk about the other mission trips for a few minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. O- only because I think, I think serving on missions in general is super helpful for a family. Yeah. Um, I started doing these mission trips when my wife and I both agreed that this is something we wanted to do with our kids from the beginning. Like, so like I said, we, she, the first one, she worked in the kitchen the whole time cause she had twins that were only about six months eight months old something like that <laughs> um but but we we've always done that my kids actually are they they would be disappointed if we don't go on a mission trip that that is their summer vacation but it's good for them to see that not everybody lives like we do in aurora like the rest of the world does not have mm-hmm. what we have um it's well, also good to teach them service um yeah. so it, it's been kind of cool to to kind of impart that perspective on the kids and it and it's kind of rubbed off i think i was telling you earlier my my one daughter's been on you know seven or so mission trips herself from school to ecuador and dominican republic another one's been to africa to tanzania and my youngest is still she's on her way to italy right now to study abroad but you know my son has served in um she he he served in the scouts over in uh not out of the country he's not out of the country kind of guy but he (laughs) he spent an entire summer serving with the scouts out in uh, arizona so it's kind of neat to see them kind of spread their wings and and start serving as well so yeah yeah. that's 
that's uh i mean it's it's challenging and convicting too and i know it's Mm -hmm. it's not your personality at all to even convey that but to show like just your heart for it is is great to see because i know it's so easy as again as americans and our busyness in our daily lives to just get caught up with everything that's going on with school and sports and the normal vacation that we might get to go on Mm -hmm. uh, on a yearly basis you're you've taken that opportunity to show your kids that it it doesn't have to be well let's go to a beach for a week that vacation can be we can go somewhere to actually show uh, the kids that this is this is real and this is real life for people that they deal with and not Mm -hmm. Uh, oh shoot! You don't get to play video games during the school week. You know, it's there's actually some hardships right. that I mean, are out there. And don't get me wrong, we've been to Disney, we've done some vacations <laughs> yeah. too, but it's kind of uh, kind of just making sure that they have that perspective, I guess. So, yeah. and then the last thing and the other last thought that I want to just make sure that gets mentioned because I say these things because I I don't want this to come off as like me talking about me. Like this is this is legitimately serving God. Like these are acts of worship. So I want to make sure that, you know, that anyone understands that, that the people at Samaritan's Prayer, it's literally written on their plane serving in Jesus name. So we are, we're going out there in, you know, to give, to give glory to God at good works. When we go to Appalachia area every year to the summer mission, one of the summer mission trips, it's like they, they legitimately say that is it's our work is an act of worship. And so we want to make sure that we're, uh, you know, giving due credit, all glory to God for, for the one, the calling in the first place, but then also for, um, for the work that we do and, and the good that comes out of it. So That's awesome. I know you've been going on that good works trip down in, it's in Athens, Ohio. Athens, Ohio. Yeah. Ohio? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. you've been going on that for a long time and I know that families can go on that trip. So yep. maybe we'll post a link uh, in the show notes where any listeners local to Northeast Ohio can jump in on that trip. I know you can take pretty good, big groups, right? Yeah, we can take up to 32 at the uh, most. We'll, see, we'll, see, we'll see if we can load you up. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that, and you know, that's, you know, that's just a group of friends going at this point. Yeah. It used to be our official group from our old church, but like, it's yeah. just a group of friends that go now at this point, so yeah. which we still make it happen. So. I think, you know, when, when you were talking about uh, kind of missions and how we should be different than the world, that reminds me of what you talked about in Ukraine, where they spotted a difference in you mm-hmm. uh, just walking down the street. Like they say, like, oh, you Christians are weird. Like, why are you smiling? Why are you happy? Like, and so that makes me think like that's one way to bring it back to the States, too, is to be that difference, to be that person who acts differently who doesn't you know complain about everything or gripe and like just has that positive attitude and shines that light of christ so uh, i think that missions in general are a great great way to kind of boost that and build that in yourself Mm -hmm. but i think that's also some a way that we can kind of display that on a day-to-day basis as well right yeah Uh, i guess i guess yeah i i i used to when when we used to go on the mission trips my my the mission leader used to make us stand up in front of the church and tell everybody about it. And I just hated that. I'm like, I feel like I'm bragging. I don't want to do that. And she, she actually quoted that you, you need to, uh, you need to kind of not hide, not hide that light, um, and kind of let your light shine so that others can learn about God. So 
No. That's why I was willing to come here, despite <laughs> the nerves. <laughs> yeah, we, we appreciate you coming here. Uh, uh, we've talked any about other questions. Yeah, we've talked. We talked about a couple resources that you read, Radical, mm-hmm. and uh, what was the other one? No excuses. No excuses. Yeah. Any other resources that you would recommend for anybody? Um. So, yeah, the um the men's Bible study as far as series go, men's the the men's Bible study that we did it was called Thirty Three. The series it was a, it was mostly for mostly directed at men and how to how to live a godly life. That was that was pretty impactful on my life as well, which was a couple couple years ago, but it was it was great. Um, and then the other book that I read was a Lee Strobel book. Was um, oh man, what's the name of it? Uh, something about the Great Adventure. I think it's mm. called the Great Adventure. Mm. Um, but it was about the adventure of um, of sharing the gospel out there in the world. Um, cool. So. All right. And I feel I feel bad. I feel like I've talked a lot about God on this. <laughs> and and you feel bad about part, talking about no, God. No, 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 that's not what I meant to say. So I'm just saying I feel bad that like I don't do this all the time in my daily life and so I'm feeling a little convicted myself. So well, um but I I do try to do that at work. I mean, they they did do an article about me at work and I swear that was the first time that the word God was mentioned on the Cleveland Clinic website for like many times over in the comments. So That's it was great. pretty neat to see. Awesome. Um, pretty neat to see that. So I'm definitely out of the closet there, <laughs> so, but it's well, been great. Like people have legitimately come up and grabbed my hand and we prayed at like That's in awesome. the middle of work, which was very odd for me. And well, it's great is that you yeah. share, share this link with your, your work friends and yep. they can hear your story <laughs> there too. So yep. cool. Well, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on and talking about, Samaritan's Purse and your work in Ukraine and missions in general and uh, yeah just really appreciate your your heart to follow where God is leading you so thanks for coming on and talking about that any final thoughts Matt? I can't wait to listen to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell very well done <laughs> alright well thanks Dan it's been great having you here thank you Core for life. Yep. I said a core for life. <laughs> <laughs> Dilly.